Uh, welcome back. Episode three already. I know. Uh, which is crazy. Yeah. So put it in perspective, um, today is a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Brains is going to have a baby tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow or possibly Saturday. Yes. It depends so, on how you know, labor takes and all that stuff. But we are but going into the to the hospital tomorrow. Yes, you're gonna have a baby. You're gonna be yeah. a dad. Yeah, little boy, little girl, whatever. Yeah. You guys are being surprised. Yeah, surprise. Uh, but that's really good. Do you have like a girl and a boy name picked out? We do, we do. Okay. On the docket, um, we're 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 kind of gonna be loose with the docket. I think like we have an idea, mm-hmm. but I think the beauty of this and our minds, the way that they work, we basically live life through memes. And yeah. everything that you should learn and retain information-wise, I think kind of goes in here and one out the other for both of us. And we just remember everything through, like, comedy, parody. Yeah. Stupid and, stuff. And, like, memes. Like, mm-hmm. we can tell you about memes from years ago, but, like, you ask us, like, third-grade-level math questions, and there's there's a good chance we don't know it. Yeah, not happening. But that being said, let the squirrel in us, let that dog in me, uh, let that squirrel ADHD stuff just run wild but basically today is we already talked about kind of like how we grew up fishing in Mm -hmm. certain areas but now let's get into the nitty-gritty of like what we actually did when we were kids fishing yeah and all of that stuff you go first because you lived in like the mecca of teenage but like preteen, also like pond hopping Mm -hmm. Because, like, you're limited on saltwater fishing without a boat and without the understanding of, yeah. like, going wading in certain areas. But, like, bass fishing is way easier because there's hundreds of thousands of ponds in this area. Yeah. And you lived in, like, the middle of all of them. Yeah, no. And I and it's funny because this is, like, we were, when we talked about, like, the theme and the idea about this podcast, like, it, I, I saw it immediately as, like, a stroll down memory lane, like, how we became the fishermen we are. And I would say for the most part, talking to probably 90% of the fishermen that come in here that grew up in this area, they all kind of started out how we started out, which was pond hopping, which was doing the style of fishing that was convenient to them that they could do after work or after school on the weekends, things like that, where they didn't, they didn't need a car. They didn't need a boat. They could take their bike or walk and just be really, really successful when it came to fishing. Um, so I grew up in Eastlake, more, a little more specifically in Woodfield, which is um, right next to Eastlake High School and Brooker Creek. Across uh, from Street. Wentworth Golf Course, yeah. that development yeah. right across from Wentworth Golf um, Course. That area is really, really well known to most people that are around here for really good bass fishing yeah. um, because there's golf courses, there's neighborhoods, there's reserves that back up to all of that. So you say the area, you mean like the East Lake? Yes, the East Lake like, area. Yeah. Like kind of still on the south side of Tarpon Ave. Yes. Yeah. But like Landsbrook, yeah. East Lake Woodlands. Exactly. Woodfield yeah. and kind of all those little areas yeah. sprinkled in between. Yeah. And you could get to all of those places by bike, by foot. Yeah. So growing up in that area, and I started really getting into fishing. Of course, I did it in middle school and a little bit younger, but I never really took it seriously and wanted to do it all the time until we were like early in high school, you know, probably like ninth grade, eighth grade, somewhere around there is when we started like getting into it a lot. And literally every single day after school, I fished. Um, I fished the ponds in my neighborhood every single day. um, And it got to the point where 
we could pretty much call shots when it came to fishing. You definitely could. Yeah. Like we could literally say like, hey, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to cast there right. and I'm going to catch this fish and then I'm going to catch this fish and this fish. And we did it all the time. Like those ponds though, like you, do you, this kind of is another point, but like, do you, you guys had a pond in your backyard growing up yep. like at your parents' house? Yep. Do you think if you didn't live on that pond that you would have fished every single day? Do you think you still would have walked around? Or do you think just the pure convenience of like where their house is, it sits on a pond, yeah. you know all your neighbors, so you could walk around the entire yeah. thing. Like yeah. nobody cared that you were in their backyard. Yeah. Whereas today, or if you could pull up to a place where you don't live, like mm-hmm. people don't know you, but like people knew you and your brother growing up. It's sure. like they're going to be walking around the yard and yeah. fishing. Like yeah. there was so many tiny ponds, so you could call your shots because none of these things were big. Like they were all two acres at the most three acre like little bodies of water and like retention ponds so like do you think if you didn't like live with a pond in your backyard you would have fished it that much um i would say yes maybe but the convenience of literally being able to walk out the back door and fish always starting in the same place starting in the same spot and you i mean you knew the the layout what we would walk we Uh, fished it thousands of times yeah. yeah so yes i would say i still I probably would have, um, but it would, of course, I would have walked further and not been able to do it so quickly. I mean, the the thing about bass fishing in, in Florida is it's, I mean, hot take, it's easy. It's, it is easy. You can literally catch almost every single bass in the state of Florida on a green pumpkin or watermelon red yeah. worm. Well, um, okay. So pushback, pond fishing is easy. Yes. Lake Lake Tarpon. Lake Tarpon is freaking hard. It is very hard. Lake Tarpon is hard to fish. But is that because there's so much pressure on those fish? Or that the thing about bass fishing, though, is like I'm by no means a professional. I am also by no means passionate about bass fishing. Like we did it because it was convenient. There are guys that bass fish that don't really saltwater fish, Mm -hmm. or to the point that I feel the way I do about saltwater fishing versus bass fishing. That are the complete opposite, mm-hmm. and we know, we know plenty of people that are like that. Yeah. So freshwater and saltwater guys are completely different for the mm-hmm. most part. So, so I think that's like the statement would be more along the lines of the pond fishing. Yes, for sure. Is yeah, pretty easy. Yeah, for sure. Pretty easy. And like you didn't need like growing up and being younger, we of course didn't have enough money to buy you know buy a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. buy the nice rods and reels like we can today, you know, or even we're the saltwater guys or the guys that take it seriously. But I mean, I remember that I only had I think I had one rod and it was a Shimano Shimtar or Schmintar or whatever it was. Scimitar. 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 Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. And I had a older Sahara, and I mean. That's all I needed. And I would literally after school, if I wasn't at, if it wasn't a school day, um, I would fish pretty much from like the time I woke up until the mid to late afternoon if I didn't have anything going on. But at school, what I would do is I would come home, I'd eat lunch, and then I would fish until dark and just walk the areas and, you know, have a pack of trick worms in my, in my pocket. I remember. And just. And just crush fish and just figure out where those fish were, those those beds that they sat, those where those tubes where you couldn't see yeah, them. The culverts. Yeah, the culverts and everything where they were at. And it, it was really interesting. And I think that helped us a lot in where we're at today because, like, we we took our time and learned an area and learned how to fish, you know, certain seasons and certain fish. But, I mean, I, I remember, you know, on the weekends just – 
fishing so much in those in that neighborhood and so much in in Landsbrook and stuff like that and just going hard and and learning how to and I, I get and again I like I said bass fishing is very easy you know but I think learning how to catch those fish in all the seasons is really important um, and we had a lot of fun doing it so and we had a lot of crazy things happen to us when we were doing it too so yeah yeah we'll we're gonna get into yeah. the crazy stuff in just a minute but my story's pretty much like yours aside from where I lived. Mm-hmm. Like my parents lived in countryside, didn't fish in countryside, like, but all my friends lived up where you lived, mm-hmm. either Landsbrook, you were in Woodfield, um, other people lived in Woodfield that we knew. So all of my time outside of school that wasn't committed to extracurricular like sports and, and family, church, things like that, by the time I could drive or the time, like my older brother was the same way. So like anytime I could hitch a ride or when I started driving, but basically all my free time was spent up either at your house Mm -hmm. or like with like our other buddies that lived up there either in Landsbrook or over by Tarpon Woods golf course. Mm -hmm. That's another one. That's a banger. Used to be a banger. That's true. I don't don't think it is anymore, but but I haven't bass fished out there in years, but, um, but neither here nor there. We, we grew up fishing the same areas. And again, nine, back then, 99% of our fishing was freshwater because yep. that's what we had access to. Yep. Again, we didn't drive. Yep. We lived far enough from the ocean where we couldn't just go out. But also at the same time, like we knew everything we needed to know about the places that we were fishing. Mm-hmm. So load your pockets down with, you know, like you like trick worms. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like trick worms too. But my thing was like a... Um, like either a jig with some kind of creature trailer or just like a Texas rigged. What was pit bosses? The pit, the boss. pit bosses. That's what I'm trying to think of. So many. So of those. so who made that? Uh, Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah, and they were super cheap. So it was like that creature bait. Um, so they made scented and unscented, but there was a couple different colors. Like green pumpkin obviously yep. works like well, but we but then you remember? Okay, so the waterfall pond. Mm-hmm. So this was a pond that was catty corner to the house you grew up in. But we would walk around and walk through, again, somebody that you guys knew over there, walk through their yard. So this was unique because we called it the – we had names for all these ponds too. So I don't even – I don't think we named the pond in your parents' backyard. But but all the other ones in the area we had had nicknames for Mm -hmm. that we – you know, yep. So there was Kickout Pond, yep. and we'll get into why we call it a Kickout Pond. And there was Waterfall Pond, and or some was were there any other ones that we really even spent much time not, in? Not really, but those were the two main. Ones, those were the yeah. two main ones. So Waterfall Pond was super cool because it had that concrete walkway mm-hmm. thing slash culvert, whatever, at that yeah. one side of it. And then there was a cypress marsh on the other side. Mm-hmm. So in the summer when we get rainstorms, the water would come up over that cypress marsh and flow over flow over into the lake that water was disgustingly tannic Mm -hmm. like in there not not tannic like salty i just mean like the same colors like black that water was completely different than like the pond in your backyard Mm -hmm. so we would i would we would always pretty much it was a guarantee like you said like we knew the spots like there were certain culverts you could flip and pretty much guarantee a bite Mm -hmm. nine times out of ten that specific one it's like cast a pit boss or yeah, we use some top waters, but not like we do now. But like mainly, it was the creature baits, um, and you could pretty much cast right along that concrete wall, and it dropped off pretty good there from the amount of water that would just go over there with time. And uh, you could pretty much guarantee yourself a fish in that back corner of that pond. And again, these are this was what uh, 
a two acre or three acre pond at the most, mm-hmm. and it had maybe a dozen houses on it. So, yeah. and it was only on one side, so you could pretty much walk the entire other side without having to worry about anything. But so I grew up doing the exact same kind of fishing, freshwater that you did. Then fast forward to when I could drive slash when my older brother could drive because if he wasn't playing baseball, he was fishing and I was tagging along. Then we branched into tarpon woods. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit of a ways from your house. So it's like we weren't going to like ride bikes there or walk there. It was just a little too far. But tarpon woods had like four four really good ponds. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, shoot, Aaron used to live on the golf course. So once yeah. they lived there when we were in that high school, when we were in high school, we could walk the entire golf course from there yeah. uh, and fish that, but he wasn't super into fishing. So it wasn't like we, we usually used to do other stuff on the golf yeah. course out yeah. there at night yeah. and not, not fishing, which that we'll also get into because we've seen some crazy stuff out there mm-hmm. at night, some freaking crazy yeah, stuff. Some weird, weird stuff. Yeah. So, but then, then we ventured into like over off racetrack road, the triangle pond. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had like that big grass mat. There was like two areas that had big grass mats yep. on it. And then there was a small section of open water, but, um, Joey D got stuck back there, mm-hmm. you know, and the Nissan that one time. And so once I got the basics down of like Woodfield was my life of fishing. Mm-hmm. And then once I ventured out, yeah, I guess you could say I took a lot of those, lessons of what I learned about bass fishing and like applied it. But then the bodies of water started getting a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Those areas of West Chase are like still, I guess, on the non-Hillsborough County side of West Chase yeah. out there by, uh, I'm trying to think of like what's even out there that people would know, the Eagles Golf Course, I guess. Yeah. But it's still like on this side of it. But then I actually started learning the fundamentals of the bass. Yeah. And I learned how they bed, where they bed, and then we started catching giants. Yeah, for sure. So there was that one pond. This was a lake, I would say. It was out there. It's it's completely built around now. You can't get to it. But um, it was the same one where Dan did that video where he flipped over in the Lono. Yes. That oh, yes. Yeah, that and like is... like Country Way or whatever. Yeah. Not Country Way, but um, what is that called? That, uh, I think it's um, like high high landing or something like that. You can get to it. So re- remember how we would fish it was we would park along like the front side yeah. of it. You can't do that anymore. You have to go through the back and there's a, there's a, there's a park back there now. And oh. I fished there kind of recently and it's still killer. I really? mean, giant fish. In well, there. but we could so. walk, you could walk like, I thought I saw a hippo in there one time too. Freaks me out. I don't think it was a hippo. I think it was a gator. But I was on the paddleboard and I'm like, oh frick! You were on the here. paddleboard in a lake? Freaking yeah, nuts, man. Yeah. The um, I thought it was a hippo. <laughs> yeah. But we started like that's kind of when Alex started fly fishing too, yeah. or getting big into it. So then once he was in college and like would come back, I remember we fished that lake in the spring. That had a culvert that was pretty regular too, but mm-hmm. the bass weren't like two or three pounds. Like a good one. Remember in your neighborhood, like a good one was like three, four, yeah. maybe like that was a good fish in there. Yeah. You would catch a lot of fish, but they mm-hmm. were, for the most part, they were like the, you know, yeah. 13, we caught some inches. big ones. In there. there were some big yeah. fish in there and yeah. God knows we caught them all mm-hmm. like definitely yeah. throughout those ponds over the, the 15 years we spent fishing it. Mm-hmm. But, um, once I ventured out of that area into like some of these other places where mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I know there definitely wasn't any pressure on some of these places. Those fish got huge. Yeah. There was another one that it backs up to a preserve. I saw mm-hmm. uh, black bears out there actually. Um, 
I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, it's you fish that pond though, but I I spent two hours fishing this one bed, and there was two fish on it: a small male and a giant female. Hmm. Every bit of ten pounds. This yeah. is my biggest bass. Yeah, um, it's on my Facebook somewhere. But Facebook, there you go. I spent two hours fishing this one fish, and there's like sketchy stuff going on. It was like a Saturday afternoon. Like the businesses that were back in this like industrial park are closed, but there's like homeless people. Like the one behind Lowe's, right? No, or, no. Oh, no, that's, that's the, a different one. That's that the sunken road in it. You yeah. can't get back to that anymore. Yeah. This is the, this is the one. There's like the Dunkin' Donuts on Racetrack Road. Yep. It's like back in there in that industrial. Yeah, I remember park. that one. Yeah. Uh, there was like homeless people like shooting up back there and like freaking out at each other, and they're like thirty feet from me, and Sick. I was just like flipping like a jig in there, like, and I just I wanted to catch this fish. I was yeah. obsessed with it, and I, I wore fishaflage back then. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah the fish fishaflage yeah. shirts. Um, but I caught I freaking caught a giant in there, mm. and um, as my biggest bass still, probably won't ever break it because bass fishing now is a waste of time to me. But uh, neither here nor there. But yeah, I mean it was. I say that in good spirit to say like when i think back about like my fishing journey mm -hmm. and like growing up those are the best days of my life like i yeah. love sports like i love playing baseball i love playing golf like yeah. all of that stuff growing up i love my friends at school but like i didn't hang out with my friends like i went to dunny and you went to east lake mm -hmm. i didn't hang out with people from dunny except for one outside of school like all my friends went to east lake yeah and those were my favorite days of mm -hmm. like spending nights doing dumb stuff out at Burger Creek Preserve, yeah. and you did it way more than me. But yes. fishing, getting kicked out, yeah. like Bob Dre screaming at us, mm -hmm. you know, in his foreign, crazy foreign language, whatever that yeah. guy was, God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, and like getting kicked out of spots, getting speeding tickets, like those were the best. Like. Those were the those were the fun days when I look back. Yeah. Like I don't think about my friends in high school. I think yeah. about my friends that went to the other high schools that I hung out with and yeah. spent the night at their house and all that stuff. We had fun staying up all night and beating frogs with freaking golf clubs walking around. How we didn't get like arrested for doing some of this stuff. Like yeah. we would dress in all black yeah. on purpose, carry around golf clubs and yeah. just beat frogs. Yeah, beat the toads. Yeah, not and frogs. The, yeah, but, I'm sorry. Yeah, not frogs. frogs nice. Yeah. Cane toads or whatever. Yeah. Not, not cane. We were toads, doing a whatever. We were doing are. a duty. For the dog, so they didn't die. But like, so. how do we never get the cops called on us by people? Like, there's two men know. walking around in all black clothes, carrying golf clubs, hitting things. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you that those were probably the best times because we didn't have any responsibilities, and like, literally, we could. It was just like the time in our lives where we could fish for twelve hours, and we didn't have a care in the world. Like my no favorite responsibilities. Yeah, my favorite times for us was when it was the summer, super hot. And we would just wake up yep. and, you know, I, I don't wear shoes at all. So like, I would just be barefoot all day yep. walking around Landsbrook, catching these bass, you know, over and over and over again, just, and just going on adventures and trying to find these new places that no one fished, walking through a wooded section to that. Remember that lily pad pond in the neighborhood? Yeah. Then you could walk back into like could, that. There's yep. like a, it's like a, it's like partly private land and there's cattle on it yep. and it's partly the preserve. Yep. yep. But yep. like going back there and like finding these places and just not having to worry about like what time you had to come back yeah. and then fishing at night. And then remember when um, I bought that giant swim bait lure and we were fishing kickout pond and it was at night it was super super late and i hooked that 
giant. Yeah. I mean, that fish, we saw it jump because it was, it was, pro- I think it was a full moon. We could probably see it. I mean, we've caught some fish in those ponds that were double digits. Yeah. No doubt. Kickout pond had big fish yeah, in it. Yeah, it did because I think it was super deep. Because remember how it like ran? There was like that, it, it would go, it would essentially like go straight along the, the road and then go to the back. Yeah. I think that the more I fished it, the more I realized that that straightaway on the road, it was like a, it was like a ditch yeah. almost. And like those fish would just sit there. Yeah. But that fish that I hooked, I mean, it had to have been 15 pounds. I mean, it was huge because that swim bait that I was throwing was like eight inches. It was bigger than the eight. Dude, that thing was. It was a giant. That thing was 12 inches long. Yeah. It, it probably was. I'm probably. It was. We were freaking out because that was like a $20 lure yes. back then. Yeah. That was back then. Yeah. Like we have spool techs that cost more than that yeah. and here and definitely like lures we don't like carry many glide baits but like we have yeah. lures that cost way more than yeah, that now. Sure. and uh i just remember back in the day that's crazy some of those swim baits and like glide baits that those guys use in california like and like arizona yeah they're like a couple hundred bucks yeah that's wild which is crazy to me and those guys fish 12 hours and they get one bite mm-hmm. but the one bite they get is a is a giant it's yeah. a 15, yeah. 16, 17 pound fish. Yeah. So easily everything's like over 10 pounds that those guys catch. Yeah. But I don't know how you can do that for that long. And, and I don't know. Just, I would it's say just like deer hunting in a way. it's similar to us throwing top waters, but we are pretty productive when it comes to top waters, you yeah, know, for, so. kind of for the most part. Yeah. What, okay. What are, we need to talk about some of the crazy stuff that mm-hmm. we saw and stuff that happened to us. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I equate it to being a police officer, like not in the way of, of like danger and duty, but like the way of like, if you do something long enough yeah. in a different environment, mm-hmm. you see, you kind of see everything for sure. And you can yeah. like, you just, you have these experiences that like normal people, yeah. unless they do that same kind of stuff yeah. aren't going to have. So like. We definitely have some of those. For sure. Yeah. Um, I would say, and like, I had like some crazy things happen to me. We'll talk about like what happened like together. Yeah. But like one of the weirdest things that happened to me was since I fished those ponds so much, I caught some weird stuff. Um, I've caught a bike. Um, I, I've caught multiple bikes actually. Um, I've caught porn. Um, I found a whole bunch of porn in the woods. I don't know if I ever told you that actually. I found a whole bunch of like dirty videos and stuff in the woods okay. one time when I was going back. And then um, I also did you keep it? No. Okay. Um, yeah. No. You sure? Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely sure. Right. Yeah. Not like under the bed. It is not right. under the bed. Yeah. No, it's not in like the carved out you know part of a tree back in the woods that I run and you know travel yeah. back. Was there, there like a hole next to the tree? Yeah, there was. Yeah. In the tree. Yeah, it looked like a lady. Yeah. Um, Who's that? Made a wood, real sturdy. Yeah, made a wood, real sturdy. No, and then I found wallets and stuff. But one of the crazier things that I remember we found, and you you went back there for this. Remember the pond that was in Aaron's grandparents' um, neighborhood, like the bigger one as you were driving in? Yeah. Okay. So remember, like the wooded area back there. That was a big wooded area. It was a big because that area. that connected that connected to that patch of woods where we found that like super old deer stand. Well, that's what I was gonna say was the deer stand. Remember that yeah, we yeah. found that thing, and it was clearly it was being used, you know. Because remember, we would mess. We finally messed with it, and it got took down. Yeah. So somebody in the neighborhood was using it. Well, there's no doubt. There's yeah. guys like I know guys that hunt back in Bush Creek Preserve. Yeah, um, but it's definitely yeah. It's yeah. A lot goes on in the woods. Mm-hmm. It's such a populated, like Pinellas has, what, like a million 
two million, almost two million people, right? It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of people, and yeah. you put an eighteen thousand acre. That's how big Burger Creek is. Nature preserve out there, like there's freaking deer everywhere up mm-hmm. there. There's a ton of deer up there. People mm-hmm. hit deer all the time. They're always dead on the side of the road, and you're not allowed to hunt any of mm-hmm. it. So when you tell people they can't, but you put like some of the rednecks up there, and that's you know again. It's close to Pasco, so you're right on that line where there's a lot more people that are country folk, if you mm-hmm. want to call them that. And uh, there's definitely people that that are back there for sure doing. So okay, so uh, staying on the topic of the preserve. So same neighborhood where Aaron's grandparents lived, mm-hmm. and the Hassles used to live. Well, a group of us. Mm-hmm. And again, I say us. I was loosely in that group, but I was not like a uh, like hugely involved in this particular thing. Yeah. However, I did go back there. I don't know four, five, six times. Yeah, you were there pretty pretty often. So, got all this wood plywood. Basically, it was like all particle board. Yeah, and we carried it from this kid's grandparents' house. Okay, and their house backed up to the preserve. Mm-hmm. And then, if you went to the end of the cul-de-sac. There was the fence the, the, of the the preserve-like line, and then there was power lines that went back. So, again, little pond, fence, hole in the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, carried all this wood back there, walked the power lines a mile. Pro- at least, yeah. I mean, f- like forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like just kept going and kept yeah. going. Did all this at night, by the way. Mm-hmm. Never did this during the day. No. Nope. Because of... The fact that there's two million, almost two million people that live yeah. here, so people are going to find out yeah. if you're there's a bunch of sketchy kids carrying wood back to the nature preserve. So this goes on for what basically like an entire summer. Mm-hmm. The entire goal of carrying this wood back into the preserve was to build a fort. Yeah, that we were going to camp at theoretically yeah. in the winter. Yeah, and do cool things. Yeah. Let's also make something clear: we were not bad kids. Our friends didn't really drink. Our no. friends didn't really smoke. Yeah. Like, we did our fair share of tobacco products. But yeah. um, as far as everything else and, like, doing sketchy things along those lines, not really. We were more for, like, the adventure and the the getting caught or, or like, the kind of the harmless things that yeah. you do as a kid. Yeah. So we'd carry this stuff like a mile back on that trail under the power lines and then go back, like just cut into the woods at like a random tree. It wasn't random. We obviously knew where we were mm-hmm. theoretically. And then went back how far into the woods from there? Um, I would say that the palmettos we cut were probably 200 yards. Yeah, a couple hundred yards yeah. maybe off the main trail. Yeah. So the main trail, the power line trail, I mean, started at a horse farm. And there's mm-hmm. this like few horse farms that are back in Woodfield too yep. or that border like – Appaloosa and those areas up off of Keystone. So the horseback riders would ride that trail because they could. You could do that in the preserve, at least in that spot of the preserve, or they just did it and nobody cared. So all of a sudden we like start cutting down trees and like got a burn barrel out there and like we're having fires and mm-hmm. like it's legit, like all in the middle of the night. And where was our parents? Nobody knew. Um, and <laughs> one night... I was out there the first time it got sketchy. Then I was not out there the night that you guys all got caught. Yeah. So we 
we had carried this stuff back in, made like this pretty good size like camp spot area yeah, yeah. and had like a fire going we're like starting construction mm-hmm. if you want to we i mean we brought like campers and everything back oh, yeah, and, like, man. We, we had, we had a ton of wood like yeah. a ton of supplies yeah, we, had we had made trips after trip after trip and like yeah. each one of these trips is like two hours yeah so this was a lot of weekends this was like an entire summer mm-hmm. just to build this thing so we saw as we were like walking back there's like a big group of us i don't know there's what five or six of us probably yeah um saw like somebody walking down that trail dressed really dark like mm-hmm. you could tell that and again it's like sugar sand so it's kind of gray and with the moonlight you can still kind of see enough saw a person cut into the woods we meaning we cut into the woods somebody yelled we ended up making it back and then the next time you guys went out there mm-hmm. this is when you need to pick up the story because this is where yeah. it gets freaking crazy yeah so essentially what happens is and i of course this story comes up because this is this is our life um and again we didn't have any will we just wanted to have fun in the woods yeah like, that's important yeah, i think like, to we understand. just we literally now we did we have dreams of hunting yeah because we didn't realize that it was illegal i mean we really didn't know, we knew what we didn't know we like, knew we weren't supposed to be back there yes but we knew that we weren't going to get caught and we were pretty dang good at not getting caught well in our yeah, in our in teenage, our, um, yeah. per- perfect, we know everything mind. Mm-hmm. We knew we weren't going to get caught, yeah. right? So um, this is a f- like a week or two before Christmas. Like you said, we were doing all this like leading up to the winter and we were getting ready yeah. to have this place ready. Um, so two people um, that we did this with was Andrew and Joey. They went that, I think it was Saturday or Sunday to go drop some stuff off in the woods. And Andrew I would, who? Or uh, no, Aaron and Joey. Sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to say Andrew. It was Aaron and Joey. Um, so they went to go drop stuff off in the woods, um, and I couldn't make it there. They were like, "Hey, we'll we'll meet you up later. You know, we're gonna drop this stuff off, and we'll meet you tonight at um, this event we were going yeah, to." Yeah. And they drop this stuff off. They're going to do some things, and they again run into a gentleman, kind of in like, I guess you could say farm attire or something like that, and they just run. They bolt. Yeah. Get back to the house. They drive off and don't think anything of it. You know, they, we, we meet up. We were actually going to the, um, the I think it was the underground church party, which is, was our church at the time for everybody that doesn't know. Um, we, were, we went to a certain church and that was like the name of like the, um, the, yeah, the, youth, the, high, school, yeah. the high school part of the um, So we were going to church. We were meeting up at church. So we were good kids. And we, I would say we still are good um, for the most part. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so, we, so I meet up with them and – Essentially, their parents meet us at the front and say, hey, we have to meet with the police tomorrow. So that gentleman who looked like he was in farm attire was the police officer that essentially like watched the area and made sure that meth heads weren't making meth in the back of the woods because that's what they were doing while we were making this fort. There was meth labs back then. Yeah, there was already like yeah. an investigation. Into- and I think I found some because I remember finding a whole bunch of like cooking supplies. Well, and, like, and you remember every, every once in a while we would find lots of five-gallon buckets, yes. lots of like half-cut yeah. or like 55-gallon drums and just like it <laughs> yeah. stuff that looked yeah. like trash. Yeah. But also at the same time, <clears throat> I know they had said that back in like the 80s and 90s, yeah. back when – like trail cameras weren't a thing mm-hmm. and nobody was really spending any time back there because nobody like cared about what happened in the woods back there. So like when you have an area that's basically like anarchy, mm-hmm. like crazy people do crazy things back For there. Sure. So they were making meth, they yeah. were making liquor, they were making yeah. like, you name it, it was happening back yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure people have gone back there to like 
kill people before mm-hmm. and stuff like For that sure. too. So, but also at the same time that you guys get caught, luckily I was not named in this group, mm-hmm. which is great. I am yes. forever indebted to you guys. <laughs> no problem. So yeah. So the reason why he chased after Aaron and Joey was because he thought that they were making meth back there. Right. So what do they do typically when they think, you know, they're trying to find some some meth dealers or something like that? Um, they call the helicopters, they call dogs, they call like 10 or 12 police officers to chase them down. Um, so they are trying to locate our our camp. And um, well, and this is this is like still this is at night, so like this guy doesn't get like a good look. He just sees that there's two people. Yeah, and this like, was during the day though. That like the second time it happened. Yeah. So or like later in the evening. But still, yeah. he didn't get like a great enough look mm-hmm. to be like it's just a couple of kids. Yeah. But like even at that point, like it doesn't matter. We were 17, 18 years old, yeah. so it was like well, we were kids, but we weren't kids yeah, at the we same time. We could have been in trouble. You, oh. You, for sure. you did. Yeah, we definitely did. So so Aaron and Joey drove off. They're fine. So this officer calls in pretty much everything. He calls in helicopters. He calls in all this stuff. I'm dogs very, too, right? The dogs, yes. So I'm very proud about this. They could not find our camp with the helicopters. The only way they found it was with the dogs because they picked yeah. up their scent. They, they said that we camoed it really, really well. Yeah, and the way that – I mean, how to get back there, I mean, you could not see it at all from, like, the main, like, strip. No. Um, so this happens – you're probably wondering how we got caught. So, yeah, how did, how, yeah, how did they know that it was Aaron and Joey? Like, because yeah. again, there's a difference between seeing two people and yes. then at the basically a couple hours later yeah. being like, "We know who you are." Yes. Like, how did they? That this is this is freaking hilarious. So this is probably one of the dumber things that has ever happened to us. So they finally locate the camp and they're looking around trying to find. You know, clearly they're probably seeing like this isn't a meth lab, right. but neither here nor there. Yeah. We had our burn pit, and Aaron had the great idea to bring his homework, some leftover homework, to use to start the fire. Well, what does homework have? Well, if you went to a high school in Pinellas County, you headed your paper the same way, which was with your name, the date, where you go to school, whatever the class was and what period it was, basically. But it had his name on it. So it had his name on it. So what did they do? They typed his name into their database and found his address. If you look at that, there's a a blank blank that lives within like two miles of where we're standing right now. So they go to his house. And he, yep, and he rats um, me and Joey out. So, yeah, of course um, he did. (laughs) And, uh, yep, so I show up to church and I have to meet with the police officers the next day. We met at Aaron's house and they kind of like sternly, you know, like, oh, yeah. But they, they did say that they were very impressed with what we, what we did. So I was pretty proud of that. But like, um, what was the repercussions for so you guys? The, reper- the repercussions is I was banned for life to, from the Burger Creek Preserve. Yeah. I could not step foot in it. If I even like the you're, public that, area. And that's still. I don't know. Supposedly they lifted it. I went recently and I didn't get caught. Went where? To the Burger Creek Preserve. Um, what, what part? I went on the bike ride. I went on like the public area. It was oh, really nice. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they, you don't have wanted posters up out no, there. No, they did have me like in a file though. Like they, it said like this is one person. With Chinese that, facial recognition exactly. cameras. Yeah, that could not go in here. But yeah, I'm banned for life. Um, and the biggest, I would say the biggest charge we got was um, that we had to go with the police officers and tear down our fort. In Didn't you guys get two tickets though too? Oh, we got get, a few tickets. Yeah. You got, you got. Yeah. One for trespassing. One for trespassing. One for vandalism. One right? for vandalism. And yeah. the vandalism was because we cut down we some cut down trees. trees. Yeah, so many trees. They said that they could have charged us with a 
that. Well, like, yeah, I mean, it's you're, it's that's like that's protected mm-hmm. land. So I mean, it's. Yeah. Um, but they did, and they were very nice. I paid the citations. It was like a couple hundred bucks or whatever. Um, and we had to tear down our fort, and it was pretty sad because it was a lot of work. I mean, we put a lot of work into that place for sure. Um, and it took us a lot of time to do it, uh, but it was something that we'll never forget. So you that, didn't have to take it down you, no. because you didn't get ratted out on. So I would have died. Like yeah. My parents would have killed me. They would have killed if, you for sure. Like yeah. some of our friends did not have parents that cared as much as ours did I would about that stuff. Yeah. Like, I think my parents had a healthy understanding of like, we have three boys. They're going to do things that boys do. They're going to be boys. They're going to get into trouble. But like, I remember my dad told me one time, like, I think I got a trespassing, like a written warning or something. Like, I don't ever think I got a ticket for trespassing. We got kicked out of plenty of places. Mm-hmm. But I, most of the time, like it was just, you know, get out of here and they would pull off type of thing. I think I got one written trespassing and it wasn't in Woodfield. It was when I was able to drive and I was like freaking out, like I was going to get in trouble. And my dad's like, you know what? It's like, if, if all you get in trouble for is trespassing because you're in a fishing spot, like then we kind of have nothing to worry about. So, so I know that made me feel a lot better, but let's talk. Okay. Switching gears because we're getting ready to get into conspiracies Mm -hmm. but before we get into conspiracies but this is kind of a leeway we hung out a lot when the horns lived over by that by tarbin's tarbin woods Mm -hmm. golf course we hung out a lot on that golf course yes we did and we saw i would call them unexplainable things out on that golf course not just things in the sky but like people yes so yeah now that i'm okay i'm older I feel like I have more of a grasp on reality yeah. than I did at, you know, 15, 16, 17. But were there people doing the same kind of stuff we were doing out there? And like, the, let me get this out of the way. Like, we weren't doing anything bad per no. se. Like, we were smoking cigars and, and running around, the golf running around on the golf course. Like, yeah. we were not, we were not doing drugs. We were not out there drinking. We were not vandalizing things. Like, we would so, run it. Well, we weren't. Yeah. There were other people that possibly did things at other times, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, but yeah. we would like run in the range and like take the balls and yeah, and like know, throw them, throw yeah. them yeah. like as far as we could towards the building, yeah. and like that was it. So like stuff that kids do theoretically, but briefcase men or like some of the UFO stuff first. I mean, I feel like the UFOs would be. We definitely saw some crazy things in the. We sky. definitely saw some crazy things. So do you want to talk about the UFOs? And then I'll talk about briefcase man. I like. I think the UFOs are kind of like self-explanatory. Like yes. we just saw some things in the sky that like, sure. we could not explain. Everybody yeah. can pick out a plane. Yeah. Everybody can pick out a shooting star. Mm-hmm. I don't remember ever seeing a shooting star. Then, like I've seen three in my life, and it's all been like since I've lived in Safety Harbor, so, like the last yeah. three years yeah. or, or four years. So, like I would not chalk any of them up to something that I'm like, oh, that's definitely a. Oh, that's definitely a. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely don't see. Yeah. Any of what we saw out there, the movements, the lights. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we saw like a bunch of them that had like green lights that mm-hmm. were like stretched across. I remember we were standing like by the range. And if you looked straight out at the range, you were basically looking, I'm trying to think of the direction. You'd be looking north. Mm-hmm. So you could see the stars. And a lot of times, like it was so dark out there that like there was no lights on. Mm-hmm. And especially at one, two o'clock in the morning, 
no lights are on in houses. There's no like spotlights on. There's no lights up on the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So like you could see the sky really well up there, especially if you're looking north, which is towards like the preserve mm-hmm. over the preserve. So again, there's no light pollution coming from north either. So we saw like crazy green lights doing all this weird stuff, but it was such a big spread mm-hmm. that it wasn't like, that looks like it's one like object. No, it was yeah. like, if it was one object, it was huge, yeah. but it was all moving in unison. It was yeah. freaking crazy. Yeah. And then there was... Briefcase Man. The, like the scary... Go, yeah. just, I, just go. So Briefcase Man was a thing that some... The way I, the way I found out about it was one of the guys that we hung out with and his like older buddies would go out there and they just kind of like would, they'd be out there all night and just like running around and doing crazy stuff. And they would start to say that they, they were seeing something out there. And they said that it was like a tall person on a blacker than you could see. Like, yeah. Like dressed night. so dark. Yeah. They stood out of the that darkness. Out of the and darkness. it was dark out there. Yeah, it was very, very dark. And he would carry a briefcase and I'm like, okay, you're, that's a load of crap. But like, 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 like a black, like trench coat, yeah, like a dude, trench whatever, coat, like whatever like, it was. Hat. Yeah. And you would just, they said that you would just see him. He would just appear. And I'm like, there's no way like that is not true. Did you see him? I did see him. Me too. Yeah. So one night it was me, Aaron and Bobby, and we were just walking around on the golf course, just doing whatever it was, doing our rewards, doing stupid stuff. I, I actually remember we were messing with a raccoon in a trash can, and he was like standing in the in the, in the yeah, it was like a Mexican yeah, standoff, yeah, Mexican yeah. standoff, and like oh look at a raccoon. So they're doing that. I'm like chucking stuff into the woods, and then I turn around and I look at them, and right behind them is Briefcase Man just standing there, and like I literally like I just I ran like yeah. I I saw him and just and just booked it as fast as I could. And they're like, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, he was right behind you. Like, personally, I don't think that I could not see, like make that up or like create that in my mind. Like it was a person standing directly behind them and I could see it in the darkest of night. And it was, it was freaking crazy. So mine, I have, I have slightly more context, but definitely not like, I don't think he knew whatever he, it, whatever Mm -hmm. it is or who it was. Um, and again, it could have just been somebody completely different, but yeah. I like to think it was a briefcase man. Mm-hmm. Number 10, okay, at Tarpon Woods Golf Course. So number one starts out there to the left of like the pro shop, and then number 10 is over by like the, the range. It mm-hmm. borders the range. There's a cart path that goes around number 10, and then there's like a, a cut through in the woods that goes over like 17 or 18, whatever the hole that is. So out there walking number 10 and through that gap that goes over to another hole. So this is a maybe 200 yards away. So it's up against this row of houses. It's another cart path. I could just see somebody walking, carrying a briefcase. I mm. could clearly see that they were carrying something. Mm-hmm. They were clearly wearing ridiculously dark clothes. Mm-hmm. I could not pick them out. They were not walking in like a, um, I'm trying to get away fashion or like trying to sneak around. They were just just like a normal person, like however you mm-hmm. would hold a briefcase and they were wearing it like, not like a top hat per se, but like one of those like old hats from like, yeah, like a gangster 20s. Yeah, like yeah. from like yeah. for the Same. 20s, like a gangster hat. Yeah. And couldn't see like eyes or anything, never like stopped and like turned and looked, just was walking. And I just remember it being like, that's really weird. That's gotta be the briefcase, man. And mm-hmm. they're walking way too fast. Like I was definitely scared, but it wasn't like this. He snuck up or he knew I was there and was like pursuing or like, this could have just been like a crazy guy that was doing the exact same thing that we were doing. Yeah. 
or just somebody with insomnia that's yeah. out or sleepwalking or whatever, yeah. just like doing weird stuff out there in the woods like we were. But we'll never know. But we will never know. But I think the briefcase man was like that was the mm-hmm. that was like the legend that probably like kept me up at night. For sure. I yeah. would say the yeah, briefcase man was nuts. Yeah, definitely. Um do you want to get weird now? We're already there. So yeah, let's, we've gotten a little weird already, but like, yeah. let's get let's, let's get, get really weird. weird. Let's get like secret societies yeah. weird. Um, so we were in the woods sometimes. Yeah. There's some other things that happen in the woods too. Like what happens in the woods? Let's take the stroll down what I like to call the Bohemian Grove. Yeah. Do you know about the Bohemian Grove? Yeah, I know about the Bohemian okay. Grove. So for those of you who do not know the Bohemian Grove, this is a guess you could say secret society. Created it's a men's club. Men's club only. Created in 1878. That is out in uh, San Francisco. San Francisco area. It's Sonoma, yep. Sonoma County. So yes. country for all you Beckys. Um, it's a very large piece of land. 2,700 acres. 2,700 acres. Yep. Redwoods that, in in like a redwood forest. Yes. Uh, that has this cult, you could say, of very important gentlemen that meet there every year to do twice a year. Yes. I mean, they, they have two yeah. meetings yes. twice a year. Yes, but they meet every year. I think yeah. you can go out there whenever you want. Yes, you can. But um, they do some very strange things there that I would say is has to do with the one world government takeover type okay. thing um, because they, they do some very, very, very weird things there. So, um, so I was reading that basically it's kind of this – gentlemen's club per se of these rich and powerful mm-hmm. men politicians yes. business owners yeah. media people. presidents oh yeah yeah definitely presidents. lots of presidents yeah like yeah the, I, yeah there's taft um yeah. teddy roosevelt hoover nixon yeah, hoover. reagan yep. i mean like a lot of yep. yeah and the uh, bushes uh are the bushes i think so yeah they're I, yeah. doing some weird <laughs> stuff there yeah I see that's, there. that's the yeah. next one yeah but uh, yeah so like on the surface level, it seems like it's just this super high profile like mm-hmm. joke in yeah. a way to me. And you're not allowed to bring phones. You're not allowed to have any access to the outside world. Right. And almost on the outside looking in, you would say, oh, it's just a way for these guys to decompress I think, um, like, and, get, and get away. Well, because like one of their rules is you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to talk. Yes. Um, um, about business. So the saying, and, and I'm probably going to misquote this, but the saying on the outside of it is um, uh, webbing spiders lay unto here. Um, and that's kind of like the, uh, that's, I'm butchering it a little bit, but essentially it's saying like. Weave, weaving, weaving spiders. spiders. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's essentially saying like, we're not allowed to talk about business or anything. I'm, that like I'm just, I'm just looking something. Yeah. That wraps While us up. Talking. Um, and they do some very strange things there. Like I was saying, one of them, and I can kind of segue into this, is you probably read this as well, is the cremation of care. The cremation of care. That I was I was just looking for the name of it because yeah. this is this is the one that supposedly the one and only Alex, Alex Jones yeah. snuck into in, in two thousand. He did. He snuck and, into yeah, it. Yeah, well no, he yeah. definitely he snuck into it because he got like escorted out. Yeah. But like people try to sneak in all the time. But this is the one that he was talking about, like this is where they're doing their child mm-hmm. sacrifices. This is where yeah. the really, really, really yeah. weird stuff. But this is true, though. Comes in. This is real. Like that, they do this stuff. It, oh, it's real. Yes. Okay, but again, kind of like the last, like the last one. 
I think there's truth to some of it, which is they do have this giant concrete owl effigy Moloch. statue. The owl god. That's supposedly Moloch or yeah. Molech or whatever his name is. And in Old Testament days, right, meaning Old Testament of the Bible, certain whoever worshipped Moloch, who mm-hmm. was, again, a pagan god, mm-hmm. they sacrificed their children to him. Yes. Now... That being said, but what do they what do they do? They don't. They say the 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 conspiracy is they actually still sacrifice people, but right. they, they what they do in front of Moloch is they burn a a like a essentially like sticks. Yeah, but it's like, like a human it's like it's like yeah they yeah, weave like these like sticks. flexible this flexible wood yeah. or whatever it is and they weave it into this yeah. like object that looks like. A coffin like a or human. like a body or yeah. something like that, and they do it to they burn it, get wisdom, and give get rid of all their worries. It's like their it's stuff. like their opening ceremony yeah. when they start the, the two weeks. So they do this trip in July, and it's a two week trip, and that's how they like kick it off with mm-hmm. the cremation of cares. And it's like the they kick off to say like, okay, now you're here, like it's time to let go of everything mm-hmm. and just relax. Yeah. So they do the weird things. Yeah, you can do like the. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the child sacrifice stuff, the weird satanic rituals where they all like chant weird things. But like, mm-hmm. if you can like read, there's a lot of like Latin written into the, to like what the priests read off or not the priest, but like whoever's doing the ceremony. But like the guy that started the Bohemian Grove. Walter Cronkite's the voice of the oil, if you, the owl, if you knew that. So Oh, is he? Yeah, Walter Cronkite. Yeah, they like recorded his voice. Didn't he just die? Okay. No, he's been. Who's, that that just, who's, who's the dude that just died like yesterday? Uh, oh, uh, Henry Kissinger. Yeah, freaking meat puller. Yeah. So... Um, but anyway, so if you want to get okay, so when it comes to these secret societies of all these powerful men, so we'll we'll get into this. We're going to get into Skull and Bones as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's two to me. There's two roads. Okay, so I fall on this road. I would say maybe you fall closer to this other road. This road would be more like this is just a really good way for rich and powerful men to make an excuse to do business and all basically make sure their beliefs for what they want to accomplish are lined up. Because I do believe that there's a better chance of there being more of like a one world government, if you want to say it. Okay. I believe there are certain interests that are driving they are driving everything, yeah. right? BlackRock, we yeah. can talk about that again yeah. in another episode. I think that's that can take up literally like a mm-hmm. whole thing. But again, it's like not from the aspect of they're draining blood out of kids to drink for sacrifices. Possibly. Like, but okay, that's the other road, though. Yeah, that's what possibly. I'm saying. Like, I don't go down that road. I would go more along the road of like, they want more power, they want more money, and they have these agents or yeah. these actors placed yeah. in certain areas. So just take the bushes, for example. Okay. So they're in the skull and bone society thing. Yes. Well, I don't think the bushes are that smart. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I think they're kind of idiots. However, possibly, I think they're smart enough to make sure they're around the same, the right type of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you're around the right type of people, they were obviously, they've been a powerful family for years. When you're around the right type of people and you're willing to play ball for money, power, political seats, mm-hmm. Houses, whatever. It's again. It's easy to dangle a dollar over somebody and get them to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. It's how you. It's how the world works, right? So it's just when the when the dollar amounts go up, generally so does the responsibility. So it's like okay, 
there was that whole movie about um, 9-11 and basically Dick Cheney's relationship with Vice with yeah. George Bush. Yep. And it was basically this, hey, I'm not a second seat guy. This is meaning this is um, Dick Cheney. Uh, you know, I'm I'm the leader of stuff. Like I start companies, I run mm-hmm. companies. But he's like, I'm perfectly fine doing it out of the spotlight, as long as you let me make the decisions. You can be the guy that gets all the credit, but I want the money. Mm-hmm. There we go with the whole 9/11 stuff. Now, yep. am I saying Bush started 9/11 and this and that? No, mm-hmm. but Dick Cheney definitely profited huge off yes. of that, which means that tells me that. Again, there's, 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 a com- there's a common interest, as I'm saying. And again, if it costs me something, mm-hmm. they don't care. If it yeah. costs you something, they don't care as yeah. long as they gain from it. That's yeah. the way the world works, in my yeah. opinion. So again, I do think there's this like this one-lane system of this 1% of the 1% of the 1% that are making all the decisions mm-hmm. that benefit them. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing it to like for the purpose of harm and destruction. I think it's more for the purposes of how do I get more? How do I get more? How do yeah. I get more power? How do I get more money? How do I get more control? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, that's what that's what it comes down to. So, so again, I say all that to say Bohemian Grove, Skull and Bones. It's just this meeting place for those people. Yeah. To align and make sure everything goes to, to make sure they're all on the same page. So it's one place they can all come, they can meet, they can talk, and then they can leave and do what they talked about. Take over the world. Uh, exactly. Well, yes. 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 Yeah. No, but I not agree like with a, that. this kind of a way, but in a, like a, this kind oh, of Oh, I think it's both. I think it's oh, this man, and this. Because you have to do this to get this. I mean, yeah. you have to it have reminds kind me of, of De- Dexter's Laboratory. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Anyway. yeah. No, I, I think that they're mm-hmm. meeting at these places to get a game plan to make more money and take over yeah. the world. I mean, look at what, did, what happened at Bohemian Grove in 42. Uh, Manhattan Project the meetings. Wa- the Wappenheimer, yeah, the yeah, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, yeah, yeah. Wappenheimer. Op- yeah, they okay. So uh, yeah, again, that's a that's a thought that the entire Manhattan Project was basically um, not planned there, but like fully agreed to where they like actually made the deal where mm-hmm. it was like, hey, here's what we've been working on. Like, yeah, let's take this two weeks to negotiate and figure out how yeah. we're going to do this, and then bingo, we got an atomic bomb. Yeah. Another interesting Project. fact about it's that all being too. funded by the United States government. It is. Um, the group of people that met, not including Oppenheimer, the Wappenheimer, was S1. So S1 is the same group of people that are operating around and out of Area 51. Wait, what? The S1? S1. Yeah, so S1 is like the original intelligence agency. Okay. Like with Roswell and Bob Lazar. Okay, and so, so, like, okay so you're talking like the CIA is like considered black. This is the black black. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is the yeah. stuff that's not on the books. Yeah. So, exactly. So this is how. I have you know the documents. We, you know how we fund. You know how we fund S one. Again, I have the documents. I have seven yeah, terabytes. Seven terabytes. Yes. Yeah. I figured out. I say that. I heard this. We figured it out. Yeah. How how they fund this, and it completely makes sense yeah. because all you got to do is think about from a, in a business perspective, how would I get something accomplished? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if I wanted to accomplish it sketchily without somebody else finding out, how would I do it? Well, again, all it takes is a basic level of understanding of how that business operates, really. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're in a position like me and you are, we can kind of figure that out. Mm -hmm. Take a plane. Let's take an Mm F-18, okay, fighter jet. I don't know what it costs to build one of those things. Mm -hmm. Let's look it up. But let's just say say it costs 
50 million. That's what mm-hmm. whatever the contracting the company, company is yeah. that sells it to the United States. They get a check for 50 million per mm-hmm. plane, let's just say. But let, how much? 13.7 million. Well, what I've heard. 1976. 72 million today's money. $72 million. Okay. So let's just round it up and let's just say you throw in a couple extra little goodies, some heated seats. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, yeah. uh, power windows, not mm-hmm. crank, a little sunroof action. Mm-hmm. Uh, you throw in a couple of little creature comforts. Let's just say it's $100 million. Okay. Yeah. So that, that company charges the United States $100 million. Or, yeah, okay. They pay $100 million for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I had it backwards. I'm sorry. The United States pays $100 million for that plane. Yes. However, that plane really only costs us fifty million. Yeah. What do we do with the other fifty? Yeah. That's called embezzling. Yes. We just take that money and we move it yeah. to a black black we'll account somewhere. because technically they spent it. Yes. But technically it no longer exists. Yes. Which goes along with these companies yeah. S one and yeah. and all these other projects yes. that are going on. Again, the United States is the world's police. We are doing all of these operations. Mm-hmm. We are causing and st- stopping wars. We are taking people out that we don't like. We are mm-hmm. doing all of that stuff. Yeah. The difference is, is since there's no paper trail to prove all of this stuff. So again, this, this, all of this money that that supposedly gets spent on this one airplane, but in reality, it's just going to, um, I don't know. Let's just say, um, start terrorist riots outside of a United States embassy in mm-hmm. um, Libya. Let's just use that one as an yeah. example. So I mean, we kind of funded that. So. Yeah. Uh, so let's just say that a lot of that money is technically untraceable. So then whoever's in office can stand up and be like, what didn't know that was going on? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, the Pentagon has failed their audit six years in a row. Well, and again, what, so, what, what speech was given on September 10th, 2001 by Donald Rumsfeld, the yeah. former secretary, was he the secretary of defense? Yeah. Secretary of state, secretary yeah. of state. Well, uh, you know, the Pentagon, we're missing uh, a couple of trillion, not billion, yeah, with trillion. The with the By tea. the way, this was 23 years ago, almost 23 years, uh, 20, 22 years ago, almost yeah. to be 23 next year, 22 years ago. $3 trillion today, Google that one too. How much is $3 trillion worth today? I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say- A lot. Three three times. I'm going to say that's, that's $9 trillion from 2001 till now. So- Three trillion or two trillion or whatever it was somehow just disappears mm-hmm. when they do this audit. And yep. again, the IRS audits. It's it's like it'd be like me auditor. Three trillion. Let's just yeah use three trillion as the number. It might be two, but neither here nor there. It's the the metric works the same. It would be like letting the business owner audit himself, mm-hmm. right? So when you have the yep. government auditing the government, nothing's wh- ever. What are we doing here? Yeah. So again, that's that to me. That's yeah. not even a conspiracy. Yeah. Like it's that's fact. That's just yeah. a flat out rigged outcome yeah. of there if if you don't if you have to live to a standard that you set it doesn't matter if you live to that standard or not because you create your own consequences mm-hmm. so yeah. if you're the the author of the consequences and of the um 5.2 trillion okay so double almost yeah. double let's say so so there you go yeah. so imagine imagine somebody going on right now imagine um that bumbling buffoon who doesn't even know who he is or where he is. But but let's just take Secretary of State. Let's take Blinken. Put Blinken on on TV right now and and say, hey, um, guys, we're really sorry about this, but 
We lost five trillion dollars. We don't know where it went. Yeah, we don't know. Where we it don't goes. know where it went. By the way, nobody ever found out where it went. And then yeah. two planes crashed into yeah. the. We use the actual department where they were going to go to find it. Got blown. That was the one that got blown up. Yeah. Where was the plane parts in that picture? By the way. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Did you dank. see that picture of the Pentagon? Oh yeah. And it got for sure yeah. hit by a plane. Yeah. Dank memes don't melt steel beams. Let's just say that. So. That's another nine eleven is another crazy conspiracy well, yeah, that I mean, we could get into for but, sure. Yeah, but now like I, I won't sit here and say like the United States flew planes into its own buildings and killed its own civilians, but I won't sit here and not say that either. But I also won't sit here and say that it was one hundred percent caused out of our completely out of our um, ability to. I think we knew it was going to happen in, in essence, and I don't think we necessarily did for Harbor too, though. And I definitely. So. And again, how far how far back does it go? So we don't know. I think at the end of the day, yeah. politicians, powerful people, self interest comes far before being a public servant. Yes, a true public servant yeah. is willing to sacrifice themselves for their people. Yeah, we don't have any of those no. left. Hardly any of them. No, maybe there's one or two good ones up there, but yeah. I don't think any of yeah. them really are. And again, if you got to sacrifice them along with the the crap you got, then they got to go too. That's I mean, true. it's. And I also think that we've come to the conclusion that Bohemian Grove is, in fact, a secret world organization meeting to take over the world. What about Skull and Bones? Skull and Bones is the same thing. What do they do in Skull and Bones? So I have a cra- – uh, there's a couple crazy things that they do. Yeah. I also have a crazy thought on why it's located where and why a certain pizza man um, is obsessed with this certain place. Let's However – no, I'll get into that in just a second. Skull and Bones, older than the Bohemian Grove. Mm-hmm. Like they're estimating that it started – like its official date was like 1740-something. Yep. Started by monks at Yale uh, – or uh, priests, I'm sorry, at Yale. So it all started out of Yale, prestigious Ivy League school, mm-hmm. right? So actually their their entry is kind of cool. So for a long time it was only men, like up until the 90s or something or the 80s. They, they started including all of these people in on all of this stuff. The way that they choose them, I, this is just really cool to me. So you have to be an undergrad, okay? okay? So meaning you have to have yeah. graduated, and you have to be going towards a second degree at Yale. Okay, you had to have started at Yale. All they do, they they have this undergrad party. A member, any member, walks up behind you, gives you two taps on the shoulder. That's your entry. That's when you know you're in. There's nothing official. Huh. They don't come to you. They don't like elect you in this meeting and vote. Any member can walk up to anybody that they want that huh. meets a, that meets those couple criteria yeah. of like undergrad, you have to go to Yale, stuff like that. And they just tap you twice on the shoulder and you're in. That's your membership. Interesting. Isn't that kind of cool? That is kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it's kind of BA. Yeah. What, what about now, the other thing? Now, once you, yeah. <laughs> once you get in, <laughs> this is once where it's in, so cool. This is where this is where it starts to turn real weird. A lot of like father son duos in this, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, the one thing about Skull and Bones is that they're they can bring guests and some things like mm-hmm. that in. So again, dads are encouraged to bring their their sons. Yeah. Supposedly, supposedly, it's kind of like Scientology. Yeah. They like blackmail you into staying in. Yeah. So supposedly. 
once you get chosen to be in, you still have to prove yourself. It's kind of like a gang. You yeah. got to go, you know, you got to go get your hands dirty. weird. You, you definitely gotta, get you, your you hands definitely dirty. You definitely got to get your hands dirty. Yeah. We'll just say that. Yeah. They basically blackmail you in. Why you would ever choose to do that? Again, I don't know. Maybe they promise you all this money and power. Yeah. Now, one thing I also did here that, that kind of goes along with the money thing is part of the criteria once you're in, you're in for life. Mm-hmm. They promise you that you will never have to worry about funds in your life ever again. Hmm. So you will never be in any kind of money trouble. Is that worth the the yank? Apparently, it's worth that to some people. Yeah. Now, at the same time, though, all of the people that are in it are rich. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well... <laughs> but now they're just richer. Yeah, but they have more power and then yeah. they get put in... And again, it's just... To me, it's just a gateway into like these... these positions of power mm-hmm. and then aligning of people's doctrine and what they want done and then they accomplish it together because yep. there is no I in team. So the secret society thing is kind of crazy, but yeah. uh, okay. So so to my point where it's located and then mm-hmm. who I think has secret ties to it that he won't yeah. that he won't admit. Yeah. It's in New Haven, Connecticut. That's where the tomb, which is their clubhouse per yeah. se, the Moose Lodge. Okay. That's where their Moose, Moose Lodge, Lodge is. is. So it's called the tomb. Inside, supposedly, it's just like they have a ton of like skeletons, bones. Yeah. They supposedly have Geronimo. You know, Geronimo oh, is yeah. the Indian. Geronimo's skull. They were sued by what? What was Geronimo? What? What tribe was he from? I don't know. What, Cherokee, hey, maybe? hey Siri, what tribe was Geronimo from? Maybe Cherokee. Freaking Chinese phone. Hey Siri, what tribe was we Geronimo have from? Technology. His tribe. Okay. Apache. Apache. So Geronimo was an Apache. They supposedly, okay, so the Apache sued or his family or something like his lineage sued the Skull and Bone Society to try and get this back. Obviously, they lost. Yeah. So they supposedly have all this weird stuff inside. Where it's located to me is the the most interesting part. Mm -hmm. It's New Haven, Connecticut. According to Dave Portnoy. Yes. Yeah. Who recently just became ridiculously rich that is true that's the pizza capital of the world that is true not america the world that is true is dave portnoy in the skull and bone society i i think so i think that's how he got his his money was he went to new haven and realized that they have the best pizza ever possibly it is because the skull of geronimo's there it is putting a crazy mystical curse on the you pizza, lost me there. making it really good. No, nope, no, nope, hear me out. Okay. Um, so because of that, the pizza is delicious. And also, too, he realized that the skull and bones was there and like, hey, maybe I can make some extra money on this. I'll join. And now he's loaded. So if you remember, he started it in like 2000, 2003, four or five years ago, it starts to become successful and it becomes a meme machine on Instagram, social media, all that stuff. He sells it to basically the same company that owns ESPN for like $100 million. They take it public. It starts to tank for whatever reason. Again, don't remember the whole ins and outs of the deal. He buys it back for a buck, a dollar. Mm-hmm. Now, again, there's a lot more to the story than he bought it his whole business back for a yeah. dollar. There's royalties and there's things that are going to be paid to this other parent company. But it's fully Dave Portnoy's again, and he took it back private. Okay, so now it's not a publicly traded company. He's responsible slash owns the entire thing. Mm -hmm. So his net worth went from like zero to like 100 to like 400 million. Mm -hmm. 
plus whatever else he does. He's got other investments. Yeah. I know he's got a bunch of houses. Yeah. He's got houses in anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. The New Haven thing. Now again, that that was six months ago when mm-hmm. he bought this. When he bought the business back from such and such people. He he said the New Haven thing way before that. Yeah. Frank Pepe's and and Sally's and all that. Those those pizza joints there. Skull and Bones has been in New Haven since like 1700s, which Yale is in Connecticut apparently, yeah. New Haven area. I don't know. It I just, think it's, it just I think it's all tied together. I think it's kind all of tied together, yeah, for sure. Bass fishing, Bohemian it, Grove. Like it's almost pizza. like it's almost like they flash him a Polaroid. Yeah. With him, you know. Yeah. Um, distributing free literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were like. We back New Haven Pizza, and maybe they're just like obsessed with pizza. Yeah. And they're like, you need to go out and you need to score these places the highest, and yeah. people need to come here because you're the man of pizza. And he's like, you got me. Yeah, I be- I think that's a, maybe yeah. he's owned. Maybe he says he's not. Maybe, but maybe he's owned. Maybe the Bohemian Grove. He's probably been there. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to go. I, yeah, we should go. I yeah. like California. maybe the bass fishing. Yeah. Like, I feel like California is like a dump of people mm-hmm. and politics. But it's such a beautiful place. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. such a beautiful place. Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. By the way, if you're from California or if you're from like New York, because people like are flocking to Florida, mm-hmm. you can come, but stop voting the way that you voted that turned your state into what it is while you're leaving it. I would agree. So again, don't vote like an idiot and learn how to freaking drive. Yeah. Then we're good. Yeah. And then you can you can stay. Yeah. We'll be we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. Well, on that note, what else? I think that's pretty much it. I feel pretty, I, I feel pretty, uh, pretty proud of what we talked about today. So I think we covered everything we needed to, and then some, some pizza, some secret societies, Roast and, beef, a chicken, a pizza. Yep, and uh, us growing up. So in our our fishing adventures that we did. So um, I'm I'm happy. It fueled our love of conspiracy. Theories. It did fuel, yeah. It did fuel our love of conspiracies for sure. So nice mustache, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it's gonna probably. You go. gonna keep it past November? No, no. I'm you guys it. are gonna have baby pictures. You're yeah, making Becky too, so of course you guys are gonna have newborn pictures. Yeah, I gotta look good. So I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, yeah. It chose me, so I, I think I it's a good idea. It. Yeah, I can't not choose it. I owe it that much. Mm-hmm. So plus, yeah. it's starting to get thick. Yeah, dumb so, thick. Yeah, yeah, it's getting dumb thick. Yeah, well, so, the old going down the Key West. <laughs> Break this thing in. Yeah, yeah. What do we call it? <laughs> I can't say it. QS butt tickler. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a good baby. Oh, yeah, we will. All right, yeah. see you. Bye.